Welcome to The Way the World Works, where the trusted team behind the Tuttle Twins books tackles current events, hot topics, and fun ideas to help your family find clarity in a world full of confusion. Hi, Connor. Hey, Brittany. How's it going? I'm doing great. I'm excited to chat with you today. Same. So I've been thinking a lot. We just got out of this pandemic. We had coronavirus. It was it was interesting. A lot of us were in our houses for a very long time, but I noticed a lot of people were very scared. Did you okay. notice that? I you noticed that in scared? spades, yeah. totally. But I noticed that a lot of the, the politicians or the government people in power were kind of benefiting from this. It was almost as if keeping us scared was helping them pass some things or make some laws mm. that maybe shouldn't have been made, but we were all a little bit too scared to, to kind of see what was going on. What do you think you, about that? You, you don't say. That, that's, ne <laughs> that's never, never happened in the history of the world. No, I, I'm being silly because that, that's a really good point to bring up. Oftentimes, the government wants us to be afraid. Um, now, now, I think the question for us to discuss is why is that? Why, why, mm. what, what's in it for the government? What's in it for the the politicians, the elected officials, the people in charge of the government. Why in the world, if their job is to protect us, if that's why the government exists, why do they want us to be afraid? What do you think? You know, I think a lot of times it is because they kind of benefit from our fear. They kind of get to get their way a little bit more than maybe they would. If I'm scared and I really don't know what's going to happen, I am more likely to say, please make laws that are going to protect me. And I'm also less likely to question whether or not those laws are actually good for us. And we saw that during the pandemic. We saw our economy completely closed down. Right. And we did it because we thought if we go outside, if we go to these businesses, we are going to get sick. We could possibly die. We could possibly spread the virus to others. But what happened is we saw our economy struggle. Our economy is still struggling because now all these laws were made where, where governors were shutting down states and then businesses were closing down and people were losing money. So I think it's very, very, very scary to have politicians legislate by, by fear, but that happens. I think part of the problem is, you know, I, I think of a child, right? I remember in particular when I was growing up, uh, maybe some of our listeners can relate. Maybe you can, Brittany. I remember periodically or, or sometimes that I would wake up in the middle of the night as a kid and I would look across the room and it's dark. Maybe there's a little moonlight coming in and I would swear that there was like a bad guy, some yes. kind of boogeyman <laughs> over on the other side of the room. It looked like someone was standing in my room and I would be terrified. I would kind of curl up in my covers and just try and go back to sleep and hope he wouldn't hurt me and, and, and then I would wake up in the morning and I would look over and it was the vacuum cleaner that my mom had thrown my jacket on that I left on the floor, right? And it kind of just looked like this person. And so why do I say that? Well, I was afraid, right? But why was I afraid? I was afraid because I did not know the truth. I did oh. not have information. If I had the information that my mom had, if she had told me right before I went to bed or as she turned off the lights, oh, hey, I left the vacuum cleaner in there or I threw your jacket on there. With that information, I would no longer have been afraid of something that I did not know about, something I didn't understand, something where I, I didn't quite have the big picture and fully understand. Does that make sense? That makes sense. And it also seems very applicable because that's what we saw with coronavirus, right? We didn't have a lot of answers. It, it right. happened really quickly. It came, you know, spread across the globe really quickly. And instead of sitting there and saying, we don't know what's going to happen, let's look in, let's look into the facts. Let's see what this is. Let's get to know this virus. Let's figure out what's going on. People just acted. They just closed right. things down. They shut everything down. They closed schools down. And then we got into a situation where everyone was too scared to even go back to real life. Mm -hmm. So that's, it's a very dangerous situation. Yeah. And, and the hard thing for each of us is how do you really get the information? How do you learn the truth? I, I think 
most of our listeners will probably agree that the, the so-called mainstream media is not often or not always truthful. Uh, they have, uh, you know, bias where they have like a, a desire to kind of make us believe something that might not be true. Um, sometimes they're paid to kind of push a, a certain message and so forth, or, or they might not always push a message. Maybe they leave something out. They don't tell us the mm. full picture. They leave out some information. Brittany, you're, uh, you were very active, as was I, in the presidential campaign for Ron yes. Paul when he was trying to be the president. And you and I together would get so frustrated. I remember because we'd post about it on Facebook yep. when the news channels would completely leave him out. They, they yeah. would say things like they'd have a debate and then they did a poll and they're like, okay, number one was, I don't remember, you know, Mitt Romney or yeah. Newt Gingrich <laughs> or whoever it was, right? And then number three was, you know, Rudy Giuliani and number four was, you know, this person. And, and so they have this list on the TV showing like the order that everyone came in and they would leave out number two, yep. like it literally like skip number two, which was Ron Paul. Yep. And, and why was that? They didn't want us to know. They didn't want yeah. people to kind of catch on that there was this guy with this different message of freedom. And, and, and man, do you remember how frustrating that was? It was frustrating. And it really made me realize how much people are scared of freedom. There's a lot of, of, of people and it's happened during coronavirus as well because they don't trust what you're gonna do. They think that if they had full freedom, they're gonna do what's right. But uh, maybe you, Connor, you're not gonna do what's right. And that yeah. means that we need to make all these rules. And so I think that happens a lot. And again, we saw that happen with coronavirus, but we also saw a lot of flip-flopping on information. So masks, you remember this. Yeah. At first we were told not to wear masks. In fact, was it CDC? Somebody important came out and said, masks will make you sick. Don't do yeah. it, don't wear them. Three weeks later, what happened? Right. Everyone has we, to wear a mask. Everyone has to wear a mask. And then it was stores. Uh, Costco was one of the first to say, we won't even let you in without a mask. Right. And now it's coming back where we're thinking, oh, okay, I don't know if this is, you know, maybe masks actually contain the germs and you're actually breathing in the germs. And now right. it's kind of up for debate again. But then we also had, what was the new thing? Wiping down surfaces. We were told that we yes. could get coronavirus from a tabletop or from a cell phone. Two days or a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, we found out, nope, that's not true. We did that wrong. But right. we acted too quickly before we had this information and it right. made everybody scared. And that's tough for us, right? Because if you and I want to access the truth, we don't want to be afraid. I don't think people want to be afraid. They don't want to be controlled. They don't want the government to, to control them. But the problem is if we don't have the ability to gain access to information, all we can do is trust that those who are talking to us, the people in a position of power or influence, like in the government or in the media, that clearly they must, you know, know the, the, the truth and understand. Here's something that's kind of interesting to consider with this. There are polls, right? Polls are when people will call you and ask your opinion and you get to share with them what you believe. And then they call a ton of other people. And then that leads them to be able to say, oh, we think that, you know, or we, the poll shows that 50% of Americans think, you know, this or 42% of people in Texas believe that, you know, public school, blah, blah, blah. And so that's how uh, they can try and determine what people think about things. They call enough people where they get this, this picture. That's a poll. And so what's interesting is before coronavirus hit, there were polls asking people what they felt about uh, the CDC, which is the part of government talking about, and the FDA, the parts of the government talking about health and We talked about the FDA and, before, I think, on an earlier episode. That's right. That's right. And uh, there were polls talking about, for example, the governors, like the governor of California and some of these other governors. Hey, do you support the governor? And, and uh, for example, before coronavirus hit, only about 40% of people in California said that they supported the governor. 
And then after coronavirus hit and here comes the governor and I'm going to shut everything down and we're going to do all these things and spend all this money. His, his poll numbers, in other words, the number of the percentage of people who supported him went from the 40s to the 80s. So it got higher. People it, got led to more. It got way higher. It, wow. it happened that way with the CDC, the FDA, all parts of government uh, in general. People will often be like, eh, I don't trust you or I don't like you. A lot of people kind of feel that way. And then something scary happens. And because we're scared and we don't have information, we turn to people who we think have the best information. And so we naturally trust them. We put our confidence in them that clearly they're going to steer us in the right direction. So all of a sudden, right? And so think about it. The, the question for us in this episode that we're talking about is, why, why do these politicians, why does the government want us to be afraid? Well, if you're the governor of California and a bunch of people don't like you, and you know that if something bad were to happen that scares everyone, that all of a sudden they'll like you, suddenly you have an incentive, you have a reason to want to find scary things, to want to have problems happen so that you can be the one with the solution, right? Yeah. In fact, there was a, I believe he was a governor at the time of, um, oh, where was it? It was Rahm Emanuel. I can't, was he mayor? Was he governor? Uh, mayor. The mayor of Chicago. Mayor of Chicago. That's was. right. Yeah. He once said, and this was, he, he got in trouble for this one. He said, never let a crisis go to waste. Yeah. And that always kind of gave me chills because right. there you have a politician who's being actually very honest, <laughs> more right. honest than most politicians, telling us that that is a political maxim or maxim, like kind of a rule that, that politicians sometimes abide by. And that is that crises are really good for getting whatever you want passed or, or getting elected. And so that's a little bit scary to me because you think, all right, how many things are we blindly believing that are making us scared because a politician has something they want to get through or wants to get reelected? but maybe we shouldn't have been very scared about it from the get-go. So I'm going to share something that I don't often talk about. And frankly, I, I had kind of forgotten about it until we're talking right now. But a lot of our listeners, the kids, are, haven't been alive since 9-11. But I think yes. we all know what happened on 9-11. It's still recent enough that everyone knows that, you know, these people flew into some buildings in New York City. What was really interesting and what a lot of people don't know, and you, anyone's welcome to go Google this. Again, you know, just like we shouldn't put our trust in the media, you don't always need to trust, you know, Brittany or Connor. So go, go look this up on your own if you're curious about it. But before 9-11, uh, there was a group called the Project for a New American Century. Mm -hmm. And it was this group of, they weren't so much politicians. They, they sort of were. Some of them worked in government. World leaders, right? But not necessarily politicians. Yeah. I mean, some of them had worked in government. Some of them were more academics. In other words, they kind of worked in colleges or they were like thinkers. They thought about a lot of stuff. But these are, yeah, these are people who try to influence uh, what governments do. And so they put together this document. They sat down, they said, you know, we, we think that these changes need to happen in government. We think the government needs to have certain additional powers and we think these things ought to change. Well, what they recommended uh, was they called it, what we need is a new Pearl Harbor, right? Pearl Harbor is during World War II. Japanese came in and, and attacked Pearl Harbor, which was a military base in or near Hawaii, right? And off the Pacific coast and killed a whole bunch of people. Well, what did it do in America? It really, um, it rallied the troops. A lot of people were like, oh my gosh, we've been attacked. We need to fight back. And we Remember, were not in war yet. We were not in World War II yet. Right. And so, you know, for example, when 9-11 happened, there were, you know, before 9-11 on 9-10, on right, September 10th, it was standard, you know, life. People were disagreeing and different political parties were fighting and all this kind of stuff. But then 9-11 happened 
And all of a sudden it led to, do you remember, like, I remember Glenn Beck in particular would always talk about 912. 912. Yeah. (laughs) He called it the 912 project. Why? Because he looked back and he's like, the day after 9-11, we were united. We weren't left and right. We weren't Republican, Democrat. We were Americans. We rallied around a single cause. Well, that's what these, this group in the project for a new American century wanted to happen. They called for a new Pearl Harbor before 9-11 even happened. And they basically said, we need an attack like this on Americans so that people in government can push through all of these changes we're talking about. They can have more powers. They can have more surveillance, this, that, and the other. We can go to war and, you know, we can go fight in the Middle East and, and, and things like that. So what's amazing to me is here are people who are try, supposedly trying to look out for our best interest, keep us safe and whatever. And yet they're saying that we need to be attacked. We, we need Americans to be scared. I was going to say they need us to be scared, don't they? Yeah, so that we'll surrender more of our freedoms. Now, here's a question I want to talk about before we wrap up, Brittany. When we give up our freedoms in exchange for safety in the, in the midst of a crisis, do we ever get them back? No, <laughs> no. And if we do, it's because something big happens where like Revolutionary War, maybe we'll talk about this in another episode where the American colonists got mad enough to stand up and say enough is enough. Right. But we don't really do that anymore, do we? I mean, uh, probably none of the kids listening remember what the airports were like before the TSA. They were wonderful. <laughs> oh my gosh, you know. It, it was kind of a your... fun place to be. You didn't right. hate being at the airport. And now, you know, you're like sheep waiting to go to get sheared and, you know, you get patted down. I always get patted down and and then the underwear bomber happened years ago, right? That's where he right. kind of had a, a bomb within like his pants. And so now they will sometimes put their fingers like inside yes. your, your waist belt, you know, your pants. And it makes you feel so uncomfortable. So uncomfortable. And, and what kind of freedoms do we have? And, and why? Because people were scared. And so they put up with uh, losing their freedoms. But I'm sorry, we haven't had an underwear bomber other than that one time right? Do, do we stop driving just because there was that one car accident that happened, exactly. right? Yeah. And so yeah. that's the frustration, Brittany, that you and I seem to agree with here is that is, uh, what's, there's a term for it, which is the ratchet effect, right? Mm-hmm. If you ever use like a ratchet tool, here I am, right? I think it was a previous tool. episode. You are the tool guy? Yeah, <laughs> or not, I'm not a tool I'm guy. not the tool guy, right? <laughs> but I know what a ratchet is. And the ratchet effect is like, you can, you can tighten it one way. And then when you go in the other direction, you know, it freely moves and then you can mm-hmm. tighten it more and more and more. And that's what happens with our, our freedoms, right? They get less and less and less, but we don't really ever get them back. And so that's why my, the lesson for me, Brittany, in all this is in times of crisis or when we're, when we're scared, when we're fearful, that is when I think we need to be especially on guard, mm, right? Yeah. Because that's when these people in government are maybe trying to take our, our freedoms away from us. Any parting thoughts that you want to share? Yeah. If you haven't listened to our previous episode, and I think it was called uh, Liberty, Should You Give Up Liberty for Security or something along those lines, I think that would be a good episode mm-hmm. to listen to after this one because that we talk about a lot of similar theme, themes. But again, don't let fear let you give up your, your rights. Those are very sacred. Maybe uh, before we end, just for the parents listening, I would point you to a book that I wrote several years ago called Feardom, which you can find on Amazon, and it's all about this. So if you want even more examples, if you want to understand why the government wants us to be afraid, and the media as well, grab the book Feardom. You'll be able to better understand the stuff, and then you and your family can talk about it as kids. So guys, thanks for listening. This is a super relevant topic that isn't just about coronavirus. This is why we laughed at the beginning of the episode is this is just happening since you know <laughs> history right yep. and so it's super important that we figure out how to stop it so grab feardom if uh, for the parents listening 
And uh, make sure you're subscribed for the next episode. Thanks for sticking around. Brittany, I'll see you later. See you next time. You've been listening to The Way the World Works. Make sure your family is subscribed and check out TuttleTwins.com for more awesome content.